Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars podcast coming at you from a galaxy not so far away. My name's Gary, I'm one of your hosts and welcome to episode 155. It's great to have you here listening to us waffle Star Wars and keeping you up to date with what's going on throughout the galaxy. We've got an Obi-Wan Kenobi focused episode this week as we run up to the release of episodes one and two that drop in, I think it's exactly two weeks time, which is exciting as we run up to celebration as well so it's all it's all engines go as we ramp up to uh, up to uh, up to everyone kenobi and celebration so as i said i'm gary i'm one of your hosts let's bring on the other dude the other guy yeah it's the wookie that's trying to get some nookie it is mark asworth how you doing dude well that's a new one i like that i yes i will take that i'm all right okay. mate i'm all right thank you i'm <laughs> uh, yeah Deep in Star Wars this week, innit? You can't avoid it this week with old Owen doing the rounds, which we'll get to. But uh, I'm all right, man. Yeah, I'm good. You? Yeah, I'm sweet. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I'm very, very well. Uh, the only bit of Star Wars stuff that I've done this week is I've, I've, I'm a chapter into the book that landed uh, earlier this week. So that was the the story Brotherhood by Mike Chen, which I, I know that you got as well. As well, uh, Twitter just went nuts. Twitter and Instagram on that day was just flooded with the usual, the expected thing. You know, when you just see people holding the book. So, yeah, you got the new book. So I'm a chapter in, dude, and so far it's pretty sweet. Are you are you far in or started it yet? Um, I am, what, a couple in as well? Um, oh. Which is, yeah, about the same. I'm, I'm, I think I've done, yeah, I am. I'm two in. I've covered nice. the, the the Nimodian character and the uh, Anakin side of things, and just about to start the Obi Wan chapter, which I think I read a little bit of last night and then fell asleep on. Um, so yeah, I'm loving it, man. It's already like full of gold, isn't it? I know we'll do a full session on this one, I'm sure, but it's full of little bits of gold, isn't it? It's it's fascinating. It's yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. It's got some great reviews. It is, I think, yeah, and I think when we went through the whole announcement when Del Rey did their here's like 25 Star Wars books that are coming in the next two or three years or something. And we picked out a few that were not so, not really looking forward to as such. And then there was a couple of them that stood out. And I think this was one of the ones, wasn't it, that um, we highlighted as filling in that that gap because they dropped a load of hints within the prequels. Like, oh, remember when we did this thing on that planet? You know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Bants, but we don't know nothing about it. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get that all fleshed out and, their relationship and stuff so it's rather good so far it is so, it is it is i like it it's yeah. uh it's how far have you got again do you say have you read the anakin chapter yet i'm just one chapter indeed so oh, i'm not yeah. saying anything then yeah, we'll dig into that later then yeah 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 like you said we'll do like a little mini review or something when we finish book so let us know what you think though hit us up 
at rebellion underscore spark on Twitter. That's not what you think of the book. It's all good. So, we, like I said, we've got an Anakin, uh, an Anakin. We've got an Obi Wan Kenobi focused episode this week because the press tour has kicked off. We've seen Ewan and Hayden out and about doing their thing to to plug to plug the new TV series. And so, I think they had a premiere somewhere as well. I'm pretty sure there was a a red carpet thing where they showed the first. I think it was the first episode, maybe two. Can't remember. But they're out and about anyway, doing anything. So the first story coming from uh, the very British institution. It's not one of those screen ranty things. This is a proper old school, proper newspaper. Yeah, not a rag that we just you know get some gossip from. This is the Mail Online, the Daily Mail, and Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen have been posing with stormtroopers as they attend the photo call ahead of the release of the Disney Plus series Obi-Wan Kenobi. So this is always fun to see. We see those two looking... What's the best way to describe this first picture? It's They're like... Have you seen that thing over there? What thing over there? I haven't got my glasses on. Just squint a little bit. Yeah, we're coming... No, still can't see it, mate. Yeah, so they're they're doing that stuff and then further down, it's... Uh, they're... Um, they're posing with some stormtroopers. I'm so glad they've used the correct timeline stormtroopers as well because they could have easily... It could have been a real just uh, gefuffle of New Order stormtroopers knocking around with this and it wouldn't have gone down very well. The fans would have gone apeshit. So uh, they're looking rather good though, buddy. Like we mentioned before we recorded, not too sure on some of the wardrobe choices, especially from Ewan, but uh, looking well though, don't you think? Still got it. they still got it. Oh, I... Um, I think it's nice to see Aidan Christensen back. I mean, Hugh McGregor's never really gone anywhere, and I think Aidan Christensen just, you know, he did a couple of things, didn't he? But he, he's sort of been much more out of the limelight, and it's, uh, it, it's, it's sort of nice to see him when you look at. Obviously, this is just him day to day without any Jedi going on, but it, he sort of looks like, like you know, like a bit of a weathered Jedi. He's got that. He's aged <laughs> into it really nicely, and uh, it's just nice to see. And I know this is part of the one of the other upcoming stories, but it's just good to see him sort of embracing that a little bit and getting into it a little bit, and people actually enjoying him getting into it a little bit. It's 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 about time, you know. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with this because um, uh, I think it it's, it'll be a it's it's a chance, you know, it's a chance. So yeah, I think this is awesome, dude. It's nice to see him in London as well. Nice to see him on home turf. Um, and they just clearly seem to get into it, you know. Every time you see any interviews, they just seem to get into it. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm fascinated by it, man. I think it's great. It, it really is good to see him. Press two is a little bit, feels a bit early, you know, a couple of weeks out. Um, but then I suppose they've got a lot to get through. I don't know, I guess. Don't know. I suppose so, dude. Um, I imagine, well, this, this photo shoot was in London. And I imagine they're going to go to... Uh, of course, LA and all that stuff there. And then probably mm, maybe Canada. Yeah. Maybe maybe France, something like that. They normally do want to New York right? City. NYC, yeah. Uh, I think there was a really big premiere for the Batman in France. They went nuts for it. So they love that stuff there. Big time. So, yeah. It's not like a European tour or anything, but I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll, they'll do that. So I imagine it will sort of lead on to them doing something at Celebration, right? So the next two weeks is the press tour here and there doing bits and bobs, and then it will culminate in some kind of panel because we know that they're going to do a, or we suspect anyway, the reason why they've pushed episodes one and two back a little bit is to coincide with Celebration. So you and I, we both suspect, I think we'd 
thought at the same time, like, yep, this is to do like a uh, a group streamed showing of it at Celebration to get everybody whipped up into a frenzy. So uh, I imagine it will all lead up to there at some point. But Gotta we've be. also Gotta seen, um, yeah, yeah, we've also seen um, uh, Moses, haven't we? Um, who's also posed with them. She plays one of the Inquisitors, Reva. She's been out there as well. She looks very, very good. And also the director, Deborah Chow, she was there. So little gang, mm. little gang out. In. And uh, one thing I did notice, though, and it's completely coincidental, I'm sure, but Hayden's coat looks like... <laughs> I spotted this as well. <laughs> Hayden's coat looks like the kind of leather piping on Darth Vader's actual costume in some point. Did you clock that? Definitely clocked it, mate. Yeah, yeah. I was going to mention it, and you're totally right. It's the, it's the 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 material style material that the control panel sits on. Yeah, which that's is, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is like, can you imagine that conversation? Like, all right, listen, Hayden, we want you back. What you're not getting? No, nope, we're not. What about the voice? We'll sort that. Right? We want you. Right. <laughs> What's what kind of buns we're talking? Well, you'll be fairly paid. All right. I've got to buy my own coats. <laughs> what? Well, you know, a jacket. It's going to be cold, isn't it? Well, no, I suppose we can supply you a jacket. Right, it's just that I've got these links that I've been compiling for 15 years. Can I send them straight on to you? In fact, scrap that. I've got them printed out right here. <laughs> can I have this one? <laughs> and you and McGregor's just like, get me some of those trousers that don't quite fit. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do. Yeah. He's not bothered. And then like, you know, the the, the girl that plays, uh, he, he, some, uh, what's her name? Ingrid Moses. Um, like, she's just, what the fuck? You guys just, <laughs> I'm just going to wear this t-shirt, mate. Like, that's all I need. Screw you guys. And Deborah Chow is just behind the camera, shaking her head at the divas. But I did clock that. And, uh, it does make you wonder whether it's a conscious choice or whether it's just a really bad coat. And I'm saying bad coat <laughs> because we aren't celebrity enough to pull it off. Like, so imagine this scenario, right? You wear that to like co-op. You need to get some honey roast ham for lunch. You forgot it off the big shop. You got nothing in. Ah, I nipped to the shop in my giant puffer Darth Vader coat. We're just not celeb enough to pull it off. We are, That's all it is, just bitterness. I think you're right there. Mm. Yeah. It's the same with the trousers. Like if you walk down to the shop oh. uh, to get your ham or your milk, you'd just be egged on the way and just abused constantly. But someone oh, like mate. McGregor rocks up, it's all good. Yeah, oh. that's the thing. It's like, look at him. He's cool. If we did it, literally the first thing <laughs> your dad would say, oh, cat died. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and then just throw the honey roast ham at him as you take your Darth Vader jacket off. Eats him in the face. Make your own sandwich, you dick. Uh, exactly that, dude. I like your comment as well about you'll be paid fairly. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You'll be well compensated. Don't worry. So well compensated. And he's uh, all he's thinking is, yeah, what about the benefits? You know? <laughs> 15 years in the wilderness and he's like I need to get me a full length Darth Vader puffer jacket <laughs> I'll show him it's a bit like uh, Richard Ayoade's speech at the beginning of the BAFTAs we basically said well 
there's this thing called money, right? And I need it. So that's why I'm here, yeah. essentially. <laughs> Hayden's like, yeah, show me the money. And if you're not <laughs> going to pay me fairly, at least kick me out so that I don't have to spend my own brass through winter. Oh, so we'll it was red out, hot in London yesterday. It was, yeah. What was he wearing that for? Glad you're back He's an idiot, <laughs> isn't he? Essentially, that's what we've summarised. He's a bit Ugh. of an idiot for choosing the coat in the first place and then for keeping it on in the boiling hot weather. But he was sweating his balls off and he's just like, I can't go can't back on this one. Come on, Hayden. Oh, and it's, it's dark as well. So whenever you wear anything that's dark coloured or black mm. out in the sun, it just amplifies the heat. Maybe it's slimming. Not I'm not saying he's put work on, but you know, black does slim you. It Maybe he's like thought it. to himself, you and McGregor, look at him with his little skinny ankles. Oh, he's got them out. Great stuff. I've not been working as much. Sure he has been, but what can I wear that's going to slim me? Mm. Stylist like, you thought about vertical lines here? And he's like, nah, I've got just the thing. Get down JD Sports for me. Here's the Amex. <laughs> Get me this puffer jacket. It's the Amex. Here's <laughs> the Amex. Cash back on that. Get some, get some, get some Avios and we'll be there. Get us that puffer <laughs> jacket. Get yourself a Greg's. <laughs> get some Avios. Yeah. We're off to, we're off to the States after this. So I need some points. Thank you. you. need to get a, a premium, a premium economy upgrade. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank Yes, please. Free oh, upgrade. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, dude? I'm like 25 points away from premium economy upgrade. Get that coat. What do you want to buy? Well, you could do 10 Greg's. Which feed everyone, or you can spend 12 grand on this coat. <laughs> can I keep the coat? Yes, you can keep the coat. Get the coat. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Quarter of an hour in, and we haven't left Hayden's coat. This is why I said not I to do it. the other episode that you planned that had all the actual news stories, because I knew it would go this way today because of the news stories that we are covering. There's too no, much right. pants. When they turn up dressed like that, nah. Asking for it. Only going to go one way. And I think Ewan McGregor's trousers, I think the back pockets are on the front as well, which I didn't notice at first, but... Remember thing. those Levi's twist jeans? Mm. Betty, had, Betty had a pair of those as well. Defo had a pair of them, didn't he? They were crap them. Weren't they? Just they a phase. were... Just a phase. Oh, God. Went around my brother's last week. He had some boot cut jeans on. Have you got boot cut jeans on? Ooh. I said, yeah. That's what you got them on for? So bought three pairs of Levi's, bought the wrong number, whipped them off at home, whipped all the labels off and everything, then realised I bought the wrong number. So now I've got these boot cuts on. I'm like, be putting that label back on. <laughs> Wearing with some Timberland boots, you might get away with it. Oh God, honestly. He, he, he pretty much looks like he's like a driver for like Shania Twain. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> I, really, I, I can picture that exactly as well yeah yeah <laughs> so, does your brother jeans. look like you you look alike no no he's um, he's not good looking no he's you do he's, look alike then he's average well yeah. he's uh, subjective though isn't it he's average at best <laughs> um, but stick them jeans on that don't impress him much there we go oh, boom there it ba-dum. is boom God. All that Lovely. from Ewan McGregor and Aidan Christensen having a photo took. Legitimately though, legit, they do look good. They do. They do. So they do. fair play. They guys. do. Play. And I, I, I know I said it earlier, but I swear Hayden looks better now. I know he was the sort of teenager and he played Anakin and he was all that sort of stuff, but 
Like he looks like the aged Jedi. Like he looks, he just looks wiser. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just looks wiser. Yeah. Well, it happens to a lot of guys. They kind of grow into their looks mm. when they get sort of 35 plus. You know, they start to just find themselves, find their groove, find what works for them after they've experimented with bootcut jeans and haircuts and, and all the rest of it, twist jeans. Then they sort of settle and they find, they find what works for them. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Good for them. Good for them. Fair play to them. Yeah. Uh, right, let's not stick on this story for much longer because we've already gone down the rabbit hole. But related to that, of course, while they've been out and about doing interviews and so on, we had a bit of an emotional recount of their feelings around the prequels and bringing all of that stuff up, right? It's, I don't know if they had like a therapy session to kick this whole project off, get them in a room like lads. Didn't go that well first time round. But now you're getting a bit of love shown, all right? So just stick to that part of it. Don't think about the bit at the beginning when you got absolutely slated for, well, the list too long to read out now, but just don't focus on that. Let's focus on the good stuff. And uh, in this interview, I think this was from comicbook.com, the actual, uh, the interview uh, little snippets come from. But they were talking about, you know, feelings around the old stuff. And Ewan says, uh, when you were a kid, when those films came out, we made them for you. And it was not experience to make those movies. And he says, you know, uh, Ingram Moses, she said that when you step into that world, it's a big deal. It's scary. And those films were critically not liked very much. Uh, they weren't written very nicely about the uh, about by the critics. He goes on to say that, but what we didn't hear at the time was people that your age and your generation, we meet those people now and they really love our films, but it's taken us 15 years to get, you know, for us to hear that. So it's nice. It's really nice. It's changed my outlook and my relationship with Star Wars. And it's different because of that, I think, which is really nice. And he goes on to say that um, he got a little bit emotional because it said uh, he recapped it. It's taken 15 years, essentially, to get round to that point, to come full circle, to revisit Star Wars and, and get back into it. And um, they also spoke to to Hayden as well. And he said that he got a special feeling, you know, getting him to tell uh, people about those movies and what they meant to him and so on. So getting a little bit emotional there, dude, on the, on the press tour around... Um, sort of history coming back round and yeah I guess it's like um, we all have that with various things I think throughout our lives I, I certainly do where 20 20 years ago 15 years ago you might have read or watched or experienced something whatever it might be and you're like oh that was shit like that sucked and you think oh, I just want to erase that from my memory but then you know as you mature and get wiser and stuff like that you think actually that wasn't too bad and things you know you might have met up with a dude that you might have not seen 15 years and it's like actually that was badass what we did then but at the time it was crap so I can totally relate and understand what these guys are saying so uh, do you agree though do you do you think that um due to the test of time that a bit of love's come back around for the prequels now it would affect these guys a bit emotionally right because you know it's a big part of their acting career as well as their actual life yeah, and I think Hugh McGregor got away with it a little bit because he was playing Obi Wan, and he was such a he's such a it's a straightforward, charming guy. I think Hayden Christensen and, and Hamad Best bore the brunt of that. Um, and especially, I don't want to say anything, but like in Chapter Two of the book that we talked about Brotherhood earlier, it, it even just in a throwaway line sort of retcons like um, the way that Anakin was in certain things. I don't want to say anything because it'll spoil it, but it just, you know, it, one of the criticisms levelled at Hayden Christensen is addressed 
in Star Wars canon, which is really interesting and weird um, <clears throat> and quite cool. So I think, yeah, the, the, I think, of course, like you said, stuff that you did in the past that you now look back and you're like, ah, no, it was actually pretty good, but also vice versa, stuff that you thought in the past was good, when you look back at it as an adult, is, is not always as good. You know, it, it does go both ways. And I think that's what's interesting about the prequels is that it, they seem to be sort of revered for different reasons by the same generation of people. So like, I didn't mind them when I was younger. I knew they were clunky and I knew whatever that they weren't the best acted films. But I also still, I also knew it was a Star Wars movie. I wasn't watching, you know, The Godfather or Metropolis or Raging Bull or something like that. It was a kid's film, you know, just like the originals. And, and you know, aimed at primarily kids. It's why there's no blood. It's why, you know, the blood gets edited out and, you know, lightsabers cauterize things. It's just, yeah, we want kids to watch it. So I think when you look at it sort of through that lens, when when I was younger, I didn't mind the stuff that people thought were clunky because the overall story I thought was quite interesting. Now, I look back at it still through that story lens. And we've said it a thousand times, you know, that era is mind more than anything else. It, is, it gets more attention than any other era because it's just, it's so rich and deep and so many offshoots and just this tapestry of little bits of storytelling. So I, it's it's sort of fascinating because I think for Hayden Christensen, like he he did get a lot of that, and I, I, it it's just nice to see that retribution. Just nice to see someone saying, you know, welcome back. You know, we we we, we whilst the films weren't executed great, we've got love for them, and they fit into the lore. And you know, like we've said before, will that happen with the sequels? I think it's much less likely with the sequels because you know the the. I'm not entirely sure they had a lot that appealed to kids of the day, apart from the stuff that was clearly meant to appeal to the kids. Um, so yeah, it's just nice to see that little bit of retribution and people growing up and saying, you know, cheers. You know, we we appreciate that one. And uh, just, you know, if it was any other film franchise, it just wouldn't be in the spotlight as much. It'd just be, you know, those films wouldn't have got battered as much. It's Star Wars. You're never going to please anyone, as we know from the sequels. So yeah, it's nice to see, man. And it's not. I think it's nice for for them to realise that as well. I think it, it, it's it's like Ewan McGregor and Obi Wan in particular have sort of gone down this legendary status path. You know, they've they've sort of gone down that path. And I, but I think Vader and Christensen to to really kind of get that he is Vader now and that passing of the torch to a degree. I think that's just really good. And I think it. I think it probably. It probably helps him a little bit with that. I mean, I don't know the guy, but I would imagine it probably helps him, you know? Mm. Now, you make a good point there, dude, yeah. Yeah, and the website that this um, that we got this article from, or these uh, interview snippets from, is the Mary Sue, themarysue.com. And they make a, a good point in their closing paragraph, which basically is titled, Star Wars uh, con- uh, constantly belongs to a new generation, which is very true. Um so in another 15 years' time, all the kids that watch the sequels that are going to be in their, you know, late teens or or mid-twenties, whatever, maybe they'll feel the same way about that stuff. You know, maybe they'll come back to it. And, of course, there's a little bit of nostalgia that plays a part in, in that stuff as well. But, uh, but yeah, much like um, when I sort of joked around guys sort of going into their looks, I imagine it's a similar thing with roles sometimes with certain actors who 
come back to something years or decades later and they've just they've they they've grown into that role naturally a bit more so when they come to play again i imagine we'll have the same thing when we see michael keaton's batman in the upcoming flash thing you know so he was obviously amazing before but coming back as batman he's probably got all of that stuff in the locker if you know what i mean all of that cool stuff that we as hayden christian and yumago would have definitely picked up on which is the article is saying the bad vibes at the time but since then you know the the experience of doing all the other things and then just coming back into that role after you've you're a bit wiser and a bit grayer sort of thing imagine we have that same thing with old keaton so yeah it's an interesting subject man and i i stab in the dark that if you interviewed like a hundred actors who have gone through a similar thing it will be a very similar response i would say so yeah i, I would agree uh, it's um it must be tough because it can you know you what a risk you know starring something like star wars or, or or batman or you know we've seen it a few times with actors that have been in various roles everyone from like the ben afflates of the world who's probably too big to be sort of ruined if you like and i'm not saying hayden christensen was ruined but it certainly derailed him you know this was intended in my view for to be the thing that propelled him to like dicaprio status you know i think he probably thought that when he got into this and it's um you know whether that's down to the writing the acting whatever i mean we'll see whether it was down to the acting when we inevitably see anakin in in the next couple of weeks um just very, very interesting, dude. You know, just very, very interesting how mm. um, <laughs> how this might shape out. You know, give it a month, give it six weeks. You know, is he being bashed again? Or actually, is it fucking hell? He's actually decent. Well, you know, blame the writing. Like 50% of the prequel hate is gone now because actually it was the writing. It's cool. You know, these guys are sound. That's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah. I hope it's the latter. I hope it's um, mm, yeah. Uh, cool. Okay, so the we've mentioned a couple of times the uh, the new book that's just landed, Brotherhood, by um, by Mike Chen. And this next story is a story around uh, Mace Windu and one of his particular force powers, which was always referenced and used as I think it was actually used as a plot point as a story point in one of the expanded universe books from back in the day, which is this force power called Shatterpoints. And it's just not been referenced or heard of in canon since the Disney uh, takeover and whatnot. So in the book, which I'm sure I've not certainly read this bit as yet, um, you might be at this point, dude, but um, oh no, okay, so it's probably later in the book. So it talks about Mace Windu. There's obviously uh, storyline evolves within the book or or something where they're they're knocking around with Mace Windu, as you do. And uh, it references for the first time this Shatterpoint force power. So it absolutely brings that into canon, which is probably knowing the, the Star Wars story group and that huge group of talented dudes as we do, this is probably a stepping stone to bring this force power into something else now. I can't imagine this is just a one-off reference. Like, whoa, hold on, that's a that's a that's a pretty big one to throw in there. So yeah, um, we've seen. Um, uh, so Shatterpoint essentially is uh, it's the ability to um, to highlight the weak spots in in circumstances and, and opponents and so on, and uh, it gives you like a bit of an edge, I guess, when you're when you're throwing down. And um, so yeah, I, I I love this about not just Mace Windu, but the Force, you know, and having another 
another thing that uh, that force users can use. I imagine it's not light side specific. I'm I might be wrong with that. I'm not sure, but if it is, that's cool because you know it gives the it gives the Jedi something else to to, to stack up against the the dark side because they've got the force lightning and some other stuff. So I feel like the old Jedi are lacking a little bit. But uh, this is cool, dude. Um, do you think we're going to see this now used in some other things? I, I'm guessing so. I would say so. Yeah, I mean, the only other point of bringing it back is probably to just to just to showcase that you know uh, it, it is just part of the canon now, and it you know it, it, it's it, it's maybe a nod for people, but I would imagine it'll probably play a part. Yeah, and and or maybe maybe even just get reference. I think in the old legends, it was like you know Anakin. Did he become like a shatter point at one point? Did Mace see that he was or that Palpatine was? I forget that 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 particular story beat, but it was maybe that's, you know, something that they're looking at bringing back. I just hope it's not that they're looking at bringing Dan Mace Windu back, as you know, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. um, it's, yeah, I think it could be, it could be, it could be coming back. I think it, it, it could, it could be a thing. Um, especially if, if, if Obi-Wan Kenobi or, or any other, you know, whether it's Fallen Order or whatever, um, brings in Jedi that we've yet to see, you know, it was, it was very, apparently a very rare power or a very rare ability, but you know, rare's not obsolete, is it? So maybe, or maybe it's just a throwaway nod. I don't know, man, but I'd like to think it was something that could be interesting because I think it is quite an, an in, it's an interesting ability to be able to write about and write stories around, I think, and how you could manipulate it and sort of test it and um, try and fool it. You know, so yeah, could be good. 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 Uh, so that's like a kind of tenuous link, I guess, into our next story, which is uh, the director of Obi Wan Kenobi speaks on on canon itself and the challenges of of writing canon into uh, into the storyline and how do you how do you direct and create a story around that? Because I imagine it's a little bit of a a little bit of a minefield to navigate through even for experienced and hardcore Star Wars fans that live and breathe Star Wars, even then it's a bit of a, or can be a bit of a minefield. So, uh, which I think is why they always allocate resource to any project that's going on. Whenever you see um, uh, like a video game studio that's making a Star Wars game or whatever, they always just throw over two or three people from the story group or from Lucasfilm to go and assist and make sure that all the stuff that they're doing is... um, is bang on. So Deborah Chow, obviously, she's up against it with Obi Wan because she's she's having to deal with legacy stuff and that whole larger canon, but also having to write something new and fresh um, for longtime Star Wars viewers and newcomers, I suppose. So she she um, was interviewed recently about this and said, uh, "Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I think for me, having gone through the Mandalorian." And thank goodness I did. That was really my introduction to the responsibility to this universe and how to tell stories in this galaxy. So it was so helpful having gone through that already before taking this one on. But there really is a responsibility to it. You want to respect the canon, but you also want to have your voice in the canon. And you don't just want to retread or do the same thing again. So there were definitely people that were extremely helpful. Lucasfilm has a great team that helped support that. But I would say Dave Filoni was very pivotal for me, both in terms of The Mandalorian and in terms of the Star Wars of it all, as well as John Favreau. But Dave was also a touchstone and remains a touchstone for me for this series. Anytime I have a question about canon, I go to him. So I'm not going to read the rest of the interview. It's uh, it's pretty interesting, but 
I'm glad that she mentioned Dave Filoni because we've championed this guy, haven't we, for since this pod? Well, we've probably thought it before we start the podcast, before we started it, but certainly since we've spoken about various Disney Plus things and his animated stuff, he's such, he's just the guy to go to. So the fact that she's mentioned that he's been referenced, and I'm not sure if he's producer on this or exec producer, I'm not sure, but the fact that she's mentioned him. And he's given her guidance around the canon stuff because he's the guy that drops the bombshells, the game changers, that, that gets you rethinking about some, especially some of the legacy canon stuff. So very cool, dude. Do you reckon this is in safe hands? Yeah, I reckon so. It, it's, it must be so tough to manage that. Like you said, there's like Pablo Hidalgo and running all the story group and all that sort of side of it. And there's obviously a thousand Bibles internally. But I think what's interesting about the Obi-Wan stuff in particular is that... Um, they seem to get it like I read another story about why they cut Maul from it and, and there was no emotional resonance with Maul because it was handled so well by Filoni and Rebels um, and that everyone wanted to see the emotional t- turmoil and fallout of of, uh, of the Obi-Wan series because he, 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 you know, it was about Anakin and Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan still at this point thinks that Anakin's dead, you know, that's it. I mean, that's the story we all want. Um, so I think that presence of mind is there and the fact that Deborah Chow's been part of the Mandalorian and the fact that some of the writers have been involved and Dave Filoni sort of seems to be the, the, the bit of a glue between it. I think that's what certain things like the DC EU, you know, that's what that is missing. You know, Jeff Johns tried, Zack Snyder tried, you know, didn't quite nail it in certain instances and it's where Feige and the team do so well over there. So I, uh, yeah, I think it's in good hands. I, it must be so tough, much, much tougher than like doing something like Mando because you're taking a story that's already got a beginning and it's already got an ending. You're trying to put a middle to it and it's you've got to be so careful with that because the parameters are set on both sides. Um, and, and, and I would imagine you're looking at very tenuous things like, you know, like that dangling trailing line from, from Vader in A New Hope. You know, I've not felt that presence since, which is just a bit of serendipitous writing it, you know. Clearly wasn't on purpose, but I suppose you're looking at those bits and saying, well, actually, how can we reinterpret them and and, and, and try and do what other people have tried to do and, and potentially failed at? So, you know, where Ryan Johnson tried to reinvent whilst respect, it, you know, he looks like he got that wrong for the most part when it comes to, to what fans think. And and that's the challenge, isn't it? Because he's got, you know, he had that problem with Luke and Deborah Chow's got to manage that and the rest of the team here right in Obi-Wan got to manage that with Obi-Wan. It's the same gravitas. Um, but I, I think it, it feels like it's in good hands, man. And I think it feels like they know what kind of story we want to see. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be different. I think it's going to be added and tweaked and removed and subtly just moved, you know, some of that, the stuff that we thought or we've, we, we've had implied before from some of the materials might be shown to be actually different in canon. I think we've got to be flexible as fans on that. But overall, yeah, I think it will. F- it certainly feels like it's in good hands, dude, to me. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that one. Um, there, there hasn't been too many missteps. Book of Boba Fett, arguably. I do think that'll probably get better on second viewing. I do. But mm. overall, it's been fairly solid, hasn't it? Overall, yeah. You can't really complain, certainly, about it. If it was a, yeah, I mean, two seasons down for Mando which has been, for the most part, pretty amazing, especially season two. That was Some of that stuff was the most Star Wars-y stuff that we've seen in ages. So, yeah, it's, yeah, Book of Boba Fett, I completely agree. Probably 
two or three viewings in that'll be that'll come around a little bit i reckon but um i wonder where um i wonder if feloni's had a chat with george about some of this stuff as well you know because i imagine that when george was writing this stuff decades ago he must have he must have had some kind of thought process around what what did these guys actually do he might not have put pen to paper and scripted anything out but imagine if he yeah he must have thrown feloni like a few little nuggets like by the way you are you might want to mention you know this bit when you're talking with chow you know just uh, <laughs> gotta be gotta be gotta have been that one Definitely. you know what i mean like yeah because he, he was so well i mean what has been done on screen without him regards obi-wan the clone wars you know who did that that was feloni so there's only really those custodians of obi-wan the character so far i would be very surprised if they're not consulted on it and also, mm. Luke and probably Leia are going to factor into this. And again, Luke is a sort of custodians of those as well. Um, I, I would be very surprised if they've not had a chat. And like you said, Lucas has gone, you know, don't forget to uh, make sure that he realises that he never had an R2 unit. I mean, that'll piss him off. I'll do that. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? Little things like that. Or, <laughs> or maybe, you know, even more serious things like, okay, this is how Obi-Wan becomes the... From a certain point of view, liar in a new hope. Like maybe that's because Owen batters him, you know, with with with, with you know emotion, and he realizes that he's sort of got to say something and tell him the truth. And if this is what happened, if Luke ever does come to him and ask these questions, he's decided to answer it like this instead of the actual straight out. So there's a lot there. There's a lot that can be mined, and I'd be I would be shocked if 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 Lucas had not had at least. A conversation about it be very surprised very surprised yeah there's that um infamous clip i suppose of feloni who's been interviewed at star wars celebration years ago like i don't know donkeys years ago when the clone wars was going on or something to do with it and um it might be behind the scenes i can't remember but he's been interviewed outside lucas ranch and then his phone rings and he's like i've got to take this this is george and then he spends the next 15 20 minutes sat down cross-legged with a notebook out by the tree because George has just got out of the shower or finished breakfast. And he's like, I've got to tell Filoni about this one detail because it will influence everything else in the series of this of the Clone Wars. So I imagine those have happened a few times. Big time, George. big time. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, that's, I think that's why Star Wars endures because it's all those details. You know, there are a few mythologies like that, you know, everything from like... Sort of the comic, anything comic booky that's that's run for any sort of length of time, and you know, arguably things like the Harry Potter series, the Lord of the Rings. You know, there, there's a few of these little mythologies that have got these pivotal data points that sort of must be adhered to. And yeah, a lot of those come from George or influenced by George, and, and certainly Dave Filoni is a big part of that. I think so. Um, yeah, I, I would be very surprised if it didn't have either. I was going to say it didn't have Lucas written all over it, but of course it will do just because that's what Filoni and everyone else wants to do. Like this, that's sort of their intent is to carry on that legacy. Um, but I think that might come out. I think after the fact, we might start hearing things like that. You know, you know, George, George was the one that inspired this one decision, um, you know, in the series. So we'll see. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? To feel like the old, the old creator, the maker has uh, still got his hand in. Yes. Yes. She's lovely. Yeah. Because he quote unquote retired years ago, but don't really retire from that stuff. Nah. 
Fair play. Right, let's finish up with this cool story. It's a bit of an update on some future Star Wars stuff that's going to be coming when we ever get to the end of the piece of string, which is how long uh, this project seems to be. So we've spoken for ages now about all these different films and trilogies that have been worked on and, and whatnot. But we've actually got an update from the horse's mouth, so to speak. So uh, Michael Waldron, who's been drafted in by Feige, to write a Star Wars film that I think Feige is going to produce. I think he's going to be one of the dudes that's going to be pushing it forward at some point. And this is from Den of Geek, denofgeek.com. And they caught up with Michael and um, quizzed him about this, obviously. Whenever you're working on Star Wars, you inevitably get asked about Star Wars. Doesn't matter what you're doing at the time, it's always that. And uh, he replied with, it's coming along. It's nice to have some time to focus on it. And it's fun to get to do something that feels fresh and original. And I'm excited to work with Kevin again and with the team at Lucasfilm. And I love Star Wars. So it's a blast. And uh, he then goes on to say, I'm just writing away. I'm enjoying having the freedom on that to do something that's not necessarily a sequel or anything. It maybe has a bit less of a... It doesn't have a bunch of TV shows and movies that you're servicing on top of it. That's uh, the way I did with Doctor Strange. So it's nice. It feels like a different exercise. So that sounds rather interesting, dude. It's not a long interview. That's all he said on Star Wars. But a couple of key takeaways here is obviously the, he references this is something fresh and original. So does that mean it's not even High Republic? Is this something completely, completely new that we've never heard about You know anything? And also he goes on to say that Essentially, he's not shackled by um, uh, storylines that might cross over from TV shows or movies, anything like that. This is completely new. So what's your take on this one, dude? This sounds really interesting. It's nice to see a bit of movement. Um, And it's, yeah, you're right. I agree with all those points, like the freshness of it. Um, My bet is it's something sort of adjacent to an era that we've already seen, you know, I, I can't see it being High Republic. I can't imagine Feige and Waldron being involved in High Republic and it not being said that it's High Republic. Maybe that's not the case, but I, I just feel like the High Republic is such a big initiative that it would it would be labelled High Republic, like the Eclipse game was. Um, and <clears throat> so I, I'm betting it's something either even older, like an old Sith style thing, or it's something adjacent to an era or a, 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 a situ- not a necessary situation, but an era that we've seen before. Um, I, I think my sort of concerns with it are that it's all well and good when you're at this writing stage in this early draft stage. Um, and you can be creative, but then you get Disney and you get corporate and so like how much is that actually going to make it into the final movie? I don't know. Will it even see the light of day? Does it get canned again? Are the directorial issues? I don't know, you know. Uh, it's 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 sort of like if, if 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 a Star Wars movie is a journey, this is like the second step from that hyperbolic. We're gonna do a Boba Fett movie, you know. It's like the second <laughs> bit, like oh no, look, we are still doing a little bit, but then we all know how things change. Um, it, I suppose if it was any other studio or any other company or any other franchise, I probably wouldn't be that cynical. But the amount of stuff they've thrown at the wall and then that that, that, that didn't stick and has turned into other things, I think, you know. Grain of salt. Um, mm. The only, I don't want to say saving grace for it, but the only potential sort of, um, what's the word, mitigation here of risk of any of that stuff happening is the fact that Ke- uh, Kevin Feige is involved. Obviously, Waldron's a big name. 
but Kevin Feige's orchestrated a hell of a lot of good stuff. He probably has a little bit more sway than than you know than the, the Miller and Law did on Solo. Um, but so we'll see, we'll see, man, we'll see. It's encouraging, I think, is the word. It is, yeah, yeah. And you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, um, do we think because Feige's uh, behind this one that it's, it maybe has a bit more uh, more of a chance, I guess, to to be seen through to at least to production at least so who knows because um yeah that's a, that was a big old undertaking to get all of the does he still head up the marvel stuff even now is it like phase four and five is he still doing that but it's, you know it seems for one for one guy essentially to spearhead all of that marvel stuff that was huge mm. man so yeah to get all that done i'm sure he can do one star wars film come on yeah, Just and it's, I suppose the risk, or not necessarily the risk, but the opportunity then lies in actually, is it good to do, do more? Do we get him to do it again? And do we want to marvel it up? I think it's, it's a shame that everything gets sort of compared against Marvel. Because a lot of those films aren't very good. And some of them are fantastic. I think it's just the overarching story that you start to start to appreciate. And it's more the feat of engineering that goes into orchestrating this 10-year, 24, 22 film, whatever, um, saga. And... Um, yeah, I'd hate for Star Wars to fall into the same traps as Marvel, the churn it out stuff. I'd like to keep that a little bit, you know, Star Wars should be a little bit more original than, than that, I think, because it's 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 not bound. It doesn't always have to be bound to comic book lore. Um, I know we've got Legends, which is arguably a similar problem to find itself in, but I think it's a different beast, you know, and I think it should be treated as such. So we'll see. But like I said, it's encouraging and... If anyone gets a hall pass, it's probably Feige, you know. And then, then you've got Favreau and Filoni. I mean, Feige, Favreau and Filoni. I mean, you stick those guys on a project. Surely to shit, you're going to get something good. You'd think so, right? Surely, yeah. Yeah, you've got to go. Got, I mean, yeah. Wal- Waldron's got a, a good pedigree as well. I mean, you know, it, none of these people are, um, are, are to be sniffed at, you know. they're all They're all very good at what they do. Which is always surprising, considering some of the stuff that you don't get. <laughs> you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, dude. Yeah, the pedigree's there, right? And also, the um, like you mentioned earlier, the the clout or the sway, I guess, to actually get some stuff moving. It's not just some wet behind the ears, like a little intern just trying to get stuff moving. These are these are big players. So, And uh, they also reference the, um, the, the film that, they keep referencing is being worked on as well, which is the Watiti film, which he's working with, uh, with uh, Christy Cairns, I think. He's another good screenwriter. So there's definitely the talent there and the pedigree. So we'll see, man. We'll see. But uh, at least we have some news and something is happening. And the only last little little nugget is nothing to report on. They just try to pin down when this film is going to take place. And he just said, no, nothing on that yet. We're still figuring figuring that no stuff chance. out. So, yeah, chance not yet. a cat in hell's chance, is there? <laughs> Who's going to let that go? No way. Oh, I can imagine if he slipped up on that. What a belter that would have been. Crikey. Waldron, yeah. Kennedy, you're sacked. <laughs> yeah, Kennedy. <laughs> Kennedy's to blame for Kennedy's all new to, Star Wars uh, Don't start with that one. <laughs> Kevin Feige fired after buying the wrong flavour enchilada for Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, uh, she's probably already fired someone over somebody buying the wrong size trousers for McGregor. That's definitely <laughs> happened. I reckon that's happened. Yeah, don't even get me started on that. Obi-Wan in peril. New series potentially being canned. And then, you you know, I fucking know, this is brilliant, this. 
<laughs> digging six minutes into an eight-minute video, finally got all the ads and all the hyperbolic shit out of the way, and the bit of news is actually just, yeah, Obi Wan's got small trousers on that rooftop picture. Hasn't I bet Kathleen's miffed. <laughs> Subscribe, comment, and like. Boom, <laughs> goodbye. Smash the like button for more. Smash the like. Amazing oh content. <laughs> Subscribed. I'm gonna subscribe. No, I'm not. Just joking. <laughs> Love it. Oh, mate. So let's. Um, okay. On that note, then, before we get into any more clickbaity stuff, let's uh, end it there for episode uh, 151. It's 151, isn't it? No. Memory's terrible. No, it's not. No. Go again. 154. Wrong. Come on. No. It it is 153, isn't it? No, it's not. Go on. 155. Whee! There it is. It's not that far. Okay, now Kathleen Kennedy, according to Mike Zero, would sack you for that. Yeah, get my pink slip, wouldn't I? That what they get Get in the US, a pink slip. Get the P45 out. He's gone. Kathleen Kennedy fires stranger over the internet because he named his podcast wrong. Indeedy. Yes, and I've just found the correct episode number by going to sparkofrebellion.com, which oh, you can God. also do the same, and you can listen to all of our episodes for free over on that website, in your browser, while Not you're working, this. when you shouldn't be. So when, if you're at work right now, and you're listening no. to this, and you're like... I'm not having I've got this. To get these these facts and figures over to the boss, but I can't be bothered. I'm going to go to sparkofrebellion.com, listen to some Star Wars. Do that. If you want to listen to our podcast in the apps and the podcast networks, just do the same website address, the same URL, the same Earl. Uh, the same the Earl. Same Earl. Yep. Just put a forward slash listen at the end, and that will link you off to all of the cool apps. You've probably got a preferred app of choice, so just find us on there. Give us a sub and a follow. You won't miss an episode when it lands every single Saturday. We're on the socials too. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. Just go to sparklerebellion.com forward slash Twitter or forward slash Instagram. We pop little Star Wars bits up there throughout the week in between episodes. So get involved over there and come and chat Star Wars. And if you like the show and you want to support us, join our other patrons uh, who also support the show. Thank you very much for your support, guys. It's awesome as always. You can do that at sparklerebellion.com forward slash Patreon. And you can jump on from a dollar onwards get yourself some cool swag and some other benefits and whatnot come get involved over there and as i said thank you very much to our current patrons you guys are awesome dude until next week for episode 150 something it's been awesome 150 summit uh no thanks dude it's been fun i like it they always seem like short episodes you know because we like zip through them i mean i sort of feel bad that we're just like right next news story but they're like man this is like nearly an hour again I'm loving it, dude. Yeah, cheers. Good to chat. See you next week on episode 156, probably. It will be 156, won't it? Yeah, like we did there. Yeah, nice. Alrighty, until next time then. Enjoy all of the ramp up to Obi-Wan Kenobi and Star Wars Celebration. We'll catch up with you guys soon. Uh, Take care of yourselves and may the Force be with you always.